Today is the last day of Women's History Month, and President Joe Biden has declared today Transgender Day of Visibility, literally an attempt to erase women and make us history. Hi, I'm Julie Barrett, and you're listening to the Women's Blaining Podcast. I'm also the founder of Conservative Ladies of America, which began as Conservative Ladies of Washington. Our mission is to encourage, empower, and equip ladies and gentlemen to stand up and take real action that can create change to restore our freedoms and to protect our children and to preserve our families and all of the things that we care about as conservatives. You can learn more about our organization and the work that we're doing and how you can join us and get involved. Our organization is not just for ladies. We have had a lot of gentlemen joining us these last couple of months, and it's been really cool to see the guys getting involved in our movement. Head over to our website at conservativeladiesofamerica.com, or if you're in Washington, check out conservativeladiesofwa.com. Well, it's been a few minutes. Actually, it's been three and a half months since I last recorded an episode. And right before Christmas, we had some family crisis going on. And then after the holidays, we went right into the Washington State Legislative Session, which has been crazy busy. It has been like whack-a-mole with all kinds of bad legislation that our team has been working really hard to fight against and to educate citizens here in Washington state and on a on a national level with some of the federal legislation that's been proposed and taking action on. Uh, and so we've been just super busy and I haven't been able to find time to record episodes as much as I would like to. And I'm hoping now that the session is starting to wrap up that I will be able to come back and get more regular for a daily episode for you guys. There is so much going on, so much that needs to be talked about. I have so many ideas for episodes that I need to record. So Uh, Be sure if you're not following, be sure that you follow the podcast and please do share because that helps to educate other people and help us grow this movement of we really need people to get involved in this fight. And so today I want to talk about uh, this transgender movement. I mean, with Joe Biden declaring today National Transgender Day of Visibility, and it also happens to be the last day of Women's History Month, we cannot overlook the uh, coincidence that transgender, that the whole transgender movement is an attempt to erase women. And it's always interesting to me to see the feminists who are so defensive of transgender people, whether it be playing on girls or women's sports teams or you know, men who are dressed up as women using the women's restrooms, and especially with our young girls and these biological males being in women's spaces. I just do not, I can't comprehend how these women have been so uh, influenced by this movement. And I, I dare call it a cult because it's not really a movement. It really is more like a religious cult. And I had an experience yesterday that I want to share with you. I have been doing a lot of testimony in the Washington State Legislature this session. And yesterday I testified on House Bill 1469. 
this bill. I think I've testified on it now. It was either the fourth or the fifth time I've testified on this particular bill. What this bill does is it defines protected health care services as abortion and, quote, gender affirming services, which would be puberty blocking hormones, medications, and surgical procedures. It includes minor children in this bill, and it doesn't state a minimum age. I would guess the implied minimum is 13, which is the law in Washington state. And 1469 allows children, minor children, to come into Washington state to receive these, what the bill calls protected health care services, transition, gender transition care, without parental consent or notification. So your kid comes from, let's say, Texas to Washington with maybe parents are divorced and one parent brings the kid for a gender surgery or something. The other parent doesn't even get notification. And this bill does not allow for any legal action to come against provider or the child or or anybody. So if te- if this if somebody in the state of Texas or the Texas Attorney General wanted to take some kind of legal action, this bill in Washington prevents that and protects anybody providing or seeking these services. And I don't care what an adult does with their body. If you're over 18 and you want to do one of these procedures, you go knock yourself out. But children cannot consent. We cannot allow this cult to take our children to mutilate these children by rendering them infertile, cutting out their reproductive organs. This is evil. And I'm really careful about not saying the word evil, not overusing that word, but this is nothing short of evil. And the people that are pushing it are evil and they are bullies. So yesterday, as I'm testifying, and I'm testifying on Zoom because the state capitol is about two hours away. And so for me to go testify in person, it's really a full day trip. And I wanted to testify on three different bills and two bills were in a different committee. So being able to jump around on Zoom is different, is much easier and doable than to run from one building on the Capitol campus to another. I wouldn't have been able to do it. So this was is really nice that they have Zoom because then we can make that happen. And I testified as did two uh, gentlemen testified in opposition to this bill. We were all very respectful, uh, just wanting to protect children, not being anti-trans, but being pro-child and wanting to protect kids. The three of us gave our 60-second testimonies because 60 seconds is what was allowed. And then uh, a couple of different people came in and did their uh, pro-testimony, so in support of the bill. And one of the people was there in person. And I'm not sure if this person was biologically male or female. I couldn't tell. They had a covering over their face. It was bright pink. But it's the facial covering that you see like on the Antifa people that are rioting. It's it's not like a face mask. It's almost like a bandana kind of covering over the face. So you couldn't tell really um, 
anything about this person's features and by the tone of the voice I couldn't tell it could have gone either way so I'm not sure so I will refer to this person as they because I just don't know and they came to the microphone and asked a series of questions of the chair saying that this was their first time testifying uh, before my time begins can I ask a, a question about like rules and things sure um, I, I, I haven't been able to go through the official disability accommodation process, but because it's like really expensive, but I have like a speech impediment. Um, so if there's any accommodation that the chair would deem appropriate to grant for that today, I would appreciate it. We're happy to give you more time if that's what you're asking for. Yeah, as you see appropriate. I, okay. I promise my line of questioning is relevant. So this person claims that they have a disability and so that they will need more time. The chair then goes on to allow this person to refer to those of us who had testified previously as part of right-wing hate groups. So to that point, all of the uh, people who have spoken previously that opposed this bill had very little to say as to the monetary aspect of the bill, but predicated their arguments on legal, more moral grounds. Furthermore, my own personal research, which I will happily follow up with post-hearing, uh, shows that each of those three individuals, or four, I may have lost count, I'm a bit flustered, uh, have significant ties to right-wing hate organizations um, and are likely not acting in good faith as uh, people that want to express real uh, community support for what they have said here now today. if one of us had done that on the I don't even like to say right I like to say the sane side if we had spoken like this we would have been cut off immediately and we would have been asked to stop this person was allowed to continue for over five minutes but what I noticed most about this is that this person is a bully they want to create fear in the people on the committee, and they use these tactics to get the Democrats who are uh, in the majority on these committees and in our state legislature to enact policies that they want. They do not have any interest in protecting our children. They have an agenda. It's quite clear. And Unfortunately, we have weak Democrats and some weak Republicans across, not just in Washington state, but across the country that have allowed this evil bullying to take root in our government and our children are paying the price. And we saw earlier this week on Monday, uh, what was that? March 27th was the shooting in Nashville, where you had a transgender person go into a Christian school, murder three children and three staff people. And the media is spinning this as the shooter, the transgender shooter is the victim. And this whole cult of transgender people have taken truly have taken our government hostage and are bullying them into enacting these policies that allow them to mutilate our children, to separate children from their families. And very few people in our government, very few people in our society are being loud and standing up. The movement 
to protect children, the movement to protect women from being erased by this transgender cult, it is growing. And that gives me a lot of encouragement. There are a lot of people who are standing up for children and standing against this whole transgender cult. And, you know, for so long, it was, you know, just let these people let these people live their lives. And we all just kind of wanted to let these people live their lives. And that's what they said they wanted. But that's not what this cult is about. There's definitely those people, I would say on the, you know, you've got the gays against groomer group that they very much stand up for the community, the gay community that actually they do just want to live their lives and not bother anybody, not take advantage of people, not control other people's kids. But that has a, a it's almost like this secondary um, group has come in and taken control of the whole LGB now it's TQ plus blah, 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 alphabet soup. And they want to use their manipulation tactics, their Marxist tactics to control an entire generation of people and to control our government and to watch people who I would have considered sane. You know, I have a lot of friends that are different from me politically, but I always thought they were pretty sane and they cave to this agenda. You know, they think that, you know, these these transgender people are victims and it's time for us to shine a light on the truth of what is going on and what these people are trying to do. And in Kentucky this week, they passed a law that protects minor children from these kinds of surgeries and medications, um, this gender affirming care that they call it. So now they can't in Kentucky, they passed this law. So minor children can't be subjected to this. And you had this trans cult doing basically an insurrection in the Capitol. And they did what's called a die-in where they were all just laying on the floor and, you know, shouting and screaming and quite the spectacle. And then today in Florida, uh, the transgender cult is doing something similar at the Florida Capitol for transgender rights. And of course, with today being Transgender Day of Visibility, there have been a lot of events. They're calling it Transgender Day of Vengeance. Uh, these people are not a peaceful people. They don't want to just be left alone to live their life. They don't just want to be called by certain pronouns. They want to have power and they want to have control and they want you to bow to their agenda. They want your children. They want our kids. And the only thing standing between them and our kids is you and me. And if we're not willing to put in the time and the financial resources for this fight, they will win. And one of the things I've really been, um, I've been encouraged because a lot of people are waking up and paying attention, but I'm also discouraged because there are a lot of people who are just tired and they're getting tired and I get it. This session has been utterly exhausting. But friends, we don't have the luxury of getting tired right now. Our children are on the line. And the health of our children, the legacy of our society is at risk. If our children are all, you know, if a significant portion of this generation is rendered infertile, 
we are not going to see the human population continue to flourish and thrive as it has in past generations. And so it is up to us to help save the generations of the future. And so I want to encourage you today that this is exhausting, but I do believe it's a winnable fight. And I do believe that there are more people who are sane and who believe that we need to protect children and who see the truth here, who see that this is a a cult. It is a means of inducing fear. It's bullying of of people and and people in power most specifically that's what they are targeting and the person that was uh, testifying yesterday made very clear that they had researched all of us who had testified before they had researched the senators on the panel they had dominated the the sign-in so before these committee hearings people can uh, citizens can sign in, go online and register if they oppose or support this bill. And we often encourage people to to do that uh, and encourage people to be active in that way because it's very easy. It's very quick uh, and people don't have to go anywhere. And it's a great way to show your government where you stand on particular bills. And this person admitted that they had um, engaged their community to drive the support for this particular bill. And and I certainly don't, you know, make any bones about the fact that I drive my community to oppose certain bills. So so I get it. Uh, but they very much have uh, a a network of people who they can call to action. And it's like an army of fighters. And we need to be that way too. We need to be just as organized. We need to be just as willing to show up when we need to. And, you know, if we can't show up with just pushing a couple buttons on our iPhone, I mean, we deserve to lose. But I think we can. And I think people just need to really understand that this is a marathon. This is not a sprint. We're not going to win it in one bill or one session or one election. I do believe that we have many years ahead of us that we are going to have to fight to get our state, our country back on track. Um, And that's going to mean making some sacrifices, whether it's time or money, or you have to move, or you have to homeschool your kids. There are a lot of things that we're going to have to do that maybe make us uncomfortable and sacrifice our, you know, things that we aren't really wanting to sacrifice. But I think in the end, it is so worthwhile. I mean, if you look at all the people that have gone to fight for our country, who have given their lives to fight for our country, it seems like a pretty easy ask for us to just make some noise on social media or go show up at the Capitol or write um, emails to legislators and make our voices heard. And, you know, I, I realize that it's scary because a lot of these people are trolls on social media and they kind of stalk you on the internet. And that can be intimidating, but we have to stand strong and we have to stand together. And when we stand up stronger in numbers, we can encourage each other. We can stand together. We can have each other's back. And that's how we win. And on this last day of Women's History Month, this transgender day of visibility, I just want to encourage you that we can win this fight 
but we need everybody to engage in some way or another. Do what you can do, you know, and that looks different for everybody. Not everybody is going to engage at the level that I do, but if you can just dedicate even, you know, five minutes, 30 minutes a week to taking some kind of action, uh, contacting legislators or something like that, that's huge. That is a step in the right direction. And it's all about uh, baby steps, right? How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And so that's really the approach that we need to take. And we need to prepare ourselves for the long race ahead because this is a marathon. We're going to be in this for a long time. There's no end in the future. And the other thing is we can't really ever give up. We can't ever stop fighting because in order to keep it, we're going to have to keep up the fight. We're going to have to stay diligent on this if we want to preserve the freedoms and all of the amazing blessings that we have as American citizens. So be encouraged, get in the fight, learn more about what we're doing. Head over to conservativeladiesofamerica.com. If you're in Washington state, please um, join up with what we're doing here in Washington. And if you're in another state and you're interested in starting a chapter, you want to do some kind of leadership in your state, I would love to chat with you you can contact me. Um, all the links are in the show notes, so you can contact me there. But if you're in Washington, um, want to become a member, we have a lot going on currently in Washington state. So head over to conservativeladiesofwa.com. And again, men and women can both join us as members. Once this session is over, we start having some uh, events around the state and we will be shifting our focus to a lot of local stuff uh, and really educating and teaching citizens what they can do to take action locally locally, on a state level, and even on a national level. So get engaged, uh, check out those links, and I'll see you again next time. 